Hello, and welcome back to Mental Health Spot. Happy to be back as usual in time for Podcast Fridays. Hey, that's my new thing in case you haven't heard. I have been pretty good about releasing an episode every single Friday, with the exception of when I was in Colombia. So, with that said, let's dive right into our disclaimer. If you are under the age of 18, please consult with your parent, guardian, or a trusted adult before continuing to tune into my podcast episodes. So, I'm going to need some water for this, so I'm taking a water break already. So early on. Okay. Today we're going to talk about codependence. Now, people think about codependence and they typically relate it to um, either being emotionally dependent or reliant on a person or they related to um, being in a position where you are enmeshed with someone who is an alcoholic. All of that is accurate. But we're going to go deeper into this particular definition. So yes, if you're dealing with someone that is an alcoholic and you're enmeshed with that person and you are essentially internalizing their issues and their inability to get help becomes something that weighs heavily on you, I wouldn't even say their inability to get help because we're all able. Their refusal to get help becomes something that weighs heavily on you, on your spirit, and therefore affects your functioning and your daily life. That is codependence. And of course, if you are, as a result, um, emotionally reliant on a person, for whatever it is that you are deriving from that particular relationship and emotional dependence, it does speak to uh, codependence. But we're going to dive deeper, like I said, into this definition. So, codependence goes beyond being emotionally reliant on a person although that's a huge component but it goes beyond that it refers to a codependent person is a person that tends to attract broken damaged unhappy people that are seeking healing And this codependent person attracts people like that because in a way that codependent person feeds off of the feeling of being needed 
by someone. So these type of people that I'm referring to, they attract codependent people and codependent people attract these types of people. So it's, it's very much a magnetic pool. It's, it's very much, um, I would say like the phrase opposites attract. Or I would even say it just becomes something very cyclical. It's a pattern. It's a prototype. It's a particular person that the codependent person attracts. And this other person that attracts the codependent person, they can only attract a codependent person. Because here's the situation. So let's take this damaged person that needs healing. They've got issues, putting it bluntly, and don't know where to start to fix said issues. And then they find a codependent person. A codependent person, by their very nature, has poor boundaries. And people like this, like the ones I'm referring to, they enjoy this. They thrive on lack of boundaries. Okay? So they have no boundaries. Boundaries. What are those? Right? Codependent people don't know a thing about boundaries. A codependent person will see a person like this that's struggling, that's going through strife, that has all of these issues, and a codependent person will essentially say, I am going to work harder on your problem than you are. Don't worry. I got you. And so that's the very definition. Really, that's the most, in my opinion, the most sensible, the most realistic definition of what a codependent person is. It's someone that's saying to someone else, I am willing to work harder on your problem than you are. And obviously we all know that's an issue. And so these people that need healing, they seek out a codependent person because a codependent person is willing to take them under their wing and attempt to rescue them from themselves. It doesn't put them in any position to have to work on themselves because someone else is willing to do it for them. The only way to break the cycle in this particular scenario would be for the codependent person to say, you know what, I support you, but I'm not going to work on your problems for you. That's your job. And so the rest is up to you. And then at that point, that person would have no choice but to figure it out. 
But the codependent person has so much anxiety about letting this person figure it out for themselves. And furthermore, the codependent person thrives on feeling needed. And so what if this person does figure it out and they no longer need you? What does that mean? What does that say about you? Right? The very point of therapy is actually to help a person become independent to the point where they no longer need the therapist because they're able to implement the coping tools and the necessary coping skills on their own without your assistance. That means you did a good job as a therapist when your client is ready to move on. Now, when it comes to codependency, it's pretty serious because the codependent person is in no way focused on healing themselves from this codependency. They use everything else as a distraction and they focus on, again, on other person's problems. And that person is thriving on that because that person is desperate for healing and for self-improvement and they don't know where to begin and they're in just such a dark place and they've met someone who is willing to take on their darkness. How meaningful is that, right? Who would let go of that very easily? So as you can see, there's a really, really strong pull there because The codependent person is thriving off of feeling needed, where the other person who has the issues is thriving on having someone say, it's okay, I got you. I'm gonna gonna go ahead and take all your problems and make them mine. You have nothing to worry about anymore. That's a pretty strong connection. And this often results in a lot of romantic relationships as well. Again, until someone decides to break the cycle. And it typically has to be the codependent person because the other person is very rarely going to have the insight to say, hey, you know what? I'm kind of sucking you dry emotionally and that's not cool of me. So I'm going to take a step back. How often do we hear that happening? So I'm going to put this back now on all my codependent folks out there. You know who you are. I'm speaking to you. I'm speaking to me because I am codependent, which is why I have been slowly but surely reading the book Codependent No More. If you have a hard time setting boundaries, if you often put the needs of others before your own and you are often making emotional sacrifices and concessions for others. If you're willing to work hard on someone else's problems in an effort to completely ignore your own, you're codependent. And it all starts with you recognizing that There are other ways 
to be in relationships with people and that, you know, that are meaningful, that are powerful, that are, that are beautiful, that don't require someone needing you emotionally. There should be a give and take. There should be a mutual, um, it should be mutual. It should be, I'm receiving things from you. You're receiving things from me. You're learning from me. I'm learning from you. It shouldn't be one person is emotionally crippled and the other one is going to carry them along. That's not a relationship. I know I made it very clear that it's a pretty strong pool, but just because it's a powerful pool doesn't mean it should exist. Food for thought. Your best relationships and your healthiest relationships are going to be with people who have good boundaries, who you are able to have good boundaries with, and they respect your boundaries. Someone who doesn't respect your boundaries, that's an issue. And that could easily fall into that kind of relationship dynamic. So, food for thought. Codependency is a real thing. And it is something that a lot of people struggle with. And I experienced it personally when I was going through it with my best friend at the time who passed away um, due to the heroin overdose. I was willing to work harder on her problems than she was. I was beside myself with worry. It was consuming me. It was impairing my functioning. And then it got to the point where I had to let go and set a boundary and say, listen, I'm here for you when you're willing to change. But until then, I cannot do this anymore. That was quite possibly one of the most difficult things I ever had to do. Um, And she didn't take it well. And she inevitably got worse over time. And I could sit here and I could ask myself, did she get worse because I left her? Or did she get worse because she refused to work on her own problems? You need to come to a realization, and this is something that I'm still working on, and I made reference to this in my previous episode. Uh, titled My Birthday Reflections. You need to come to terms with the fact that you have very little control over other people, if any, at all. And the fact that I thought at any point that I could change her was false. I had to realize that All I could do was support her. All I could do is say, hey, when you're willing to get help, I'll be here. But until then, I can't watch you do this. And that's called self-preservation. And I know her and I know that she respects that. I know that because she always encouraged me to set boundaries and to be assertive. So I know that wherever she is right now, she respects that that was something I had to do for myself. 
So make sure that you become aware of the behaviors that you're exhibiting as it relates to other people. Or maybe you're not codependent. Maybe you're the other type of person I'm referring to. Maybe you're looking for people to save you and you're hanging on to them, hoping that they will work harder on your problems than you will on your own. Take a look in that mirror and acknowledge that the only person that can truly help you is looking back at you. So, with that said, that wraps up this episode on codependence. I hope that you found it informative and I will definitely be saying more soon. Have a good one.